You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. A lot to get to on today's show. Previewing the North Alabama game briefly, but also a big thing with the American Athletic Conference. Could a top 10 showdown between BYU and Cincinnati be a possibility? We'll examine that and we'll also talk about Taysom Hill in line to make his first career start at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints in the NFL. So a busy Friday ahead on the podcast. It's all brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Bar as well as All Guard Pest Control. So without further ado, let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 20th. 2020. What's up, friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. First things first, in the spirit of what President Russell M. Nelson talked about earlier on today in his message to the world, hashtag give thanks. And honestly, guys, I give thanks every day I get to do this podcast. Many of you have asked, hey, is it a grind, Jake, to do this? Sure, it's a grind. To come up with topics every day and record every day and uh, I guess in essence essentially put together two and a half hours give or take that number a little bit each week worth of BYU content that I feel is worthy of you guys listening to. Yes, it's a grind, but it's a grind that I enjoy and I wholeheartedly endorse and love doing it. So I give thanks for all of you guys and your support. And you know what? It's just a blast to talk BYU sports with you guys. So kicking off today's show, BYU is in action tomorrow. They're going to take on the North Alabama Lions at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The game uh, will only have players and coaches' families in attendance there at LES. So if you're planning on going to the game, you're out of luck unless you can somehow finagle your way into being a quote-unquote family member of a member of the team. But regardless, this is another opportunity for BYU to stay sharp. That's what the way I look at this game. I, I don't think that you can look at this any other way because as it stands right now, this is the only game for BYU on their schedule until December 12th. Obviously, there are hopes out there that BYU will play in a New Year's Six Bowl game, and I think those are very well established. The BYU is very much in contention for that. There are other people crowing about BYU's chances of being a dark horse for the college football playoff. I don't think the playoff has any interest in letting any non-Power 5 team into that, but that's just my personal feeling on that. What I look at tomorrow's game for is an opportunity for BYU coming off a bye week to put the starters into the first half, have guys like Zach Wilson, Tyler Algier, the first string offensive line, Gunnar Romney, Isaac Rex, uh, Dax Milne, let them get a run. They had a week off here where they didn't practice at all, by the way, during the bye week. They just took the entire week off, really just focused on workouts, lifting and the like, and schoolwork. They did not have organized team activities or practices during that week. So this is an opportunity after weeks worth of preparation to go out there and give it a run. I don't expect North Alabama to give much resistance, if any, to BYU. I know there are some out there saying that, they well, they gave Liberty everything they could handle, 
Okay, that's a little strong of a statement. Liberty didn't have their star quarterback, Malik Willis, in that game. So, obviously, we've seen from Liberty this year, when Malik Willis is on, they can hang with anybody. When he's not out there like they like he wasn't against North Alabama, they can have some issues. I think BYU will put this game to bed midway through the second quarter and cruise to their ninth victory of the year. They'll be 9-0 and and look and maybe move up another spot in the national polls, pending how everything goes in the college football universe there are 16 different games canceled around the country as of this point by the time you might hear this it might just be over at that number but regardless tomorrow is an opportunity for BYU to take the field show that the week off was very good for the guys legs and bodies and then go out there and just stay sharp have an opportunity to play against another team, beat up on them. The second half, in my opinion, should be all about BYU's backups, second and third stringers. Baylor Romney should get a chance to play in this game. Soljay Maiava-Peters should get a run. I think Jacob Conover for, should get a shot. And those of you who are probably saying, well, what about Jaron Hall, Jake? Jaron Hall is still not healthy. As I said, he is returning to practice. I don't think he's necessarily up to game speed quite yet, so you probably don't see him. But I would like to see all three of the other quarterbacks in BYU's room well even the fifth if you really want to include Rhett Riley who's been a great scout team player why not give them a run in this game that's this is the game that you should be able to do that you remember last year against UMass when Jackson McChesney went for what was it a freshman record 220 some odd yards well tomorrow could be one of those games where you see a guy just absolutely rip off some monster number of plays yards touchdowns whatever it is because North Alabama ain't good, folks. Plain and simple. And I, I, I don't mean to be rude to NAU. Not, no, UNA. Sorry, you're not NAU. That's Northern Arizona. They're UNA. I don't mean to be rude to them, but this is not your typical Division One FCS opponent. They are making the transition still from Division Two status. They're not eligible for the FCS playoffs as being a provisional member of the FCS still going through the transition period. Uh. UNA is more akin to the Wagners or the Savannah States that BYU has absolutely just destroyed in past years than they are to a Weber State or a Southern Utah. This is an FCS opponent that BYU is going to go out there and absolutely pummel, and this game will be over in the second quarter. If it's not, if Zach Wilson has to play, quote-unquote, in the second half, I'll be stunned. I, I'm not going to be stunned if he ends up playing in the second half. In my opinion, halftime, they should be like, hey, Zach, change into your street clothes. Come out and hang out on the bench. You're not playing anymore today. That's just how I would handle it. But it wouldn't surprise me if they let him play into the third quarter, speaking of BYU's coaching staff. I just look at this as an opportunity for a number of backups in BYU's lineup to get a lot of reps and just continue to have a lot of work set out for them. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to see the Cougars back in action. I love it when BYU plays. Bye weeks are rough because I just like watching the Cougars play football. I like college football in general. It's fun to watch all those games, but I do miss it when the Cougars aren't playing. So tomorrow BYU should just absolutely just smash northern Alabama and I think you just see a lot of work a lot of good work hopefully for the backups hopefully they look a little sharper than they have in previous games when BYU's gotten up big and they put the reserves in the contest coming up in a minute though the bigger conversation piece from today due to the American Athletic Conference changing their schedules a bit could a top 10 showdown between two of the surprise teams if you want to call it in the national rankings be squaring off two weekends from tomorrow 
We'll examine that and some of the rumors around BYU and Cincinnati here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar, guys. Love Built Bars. They are the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none. Pardon the pun there, but I I mean it. I love these Built Bars, and I love it when you guys give me feedback on trying Built Bars, just like our good friend Amber Roberts did. Amber has been a listener for I don't know how long, Amber, and I can't thank you enough for your support, but she actually sent in a message. This came in, I think it was two days ago, if I'm not mistaken, and Amber uh, sent this in and said, all right already, stop nagging. I tried the Dang Built Bars, and they're freaking delicious. So curses on you and their chocolate coconut bars of glory. Now I'm never going to be able to eat, go without having them. Hashtag Built Bar, hashtag Locked On Cougars. Amber, welcome to the club. And I'm telling you guys, if you haven't tried a Built Bar already, give it a shot. 18 unique different flavors that you guys can pick from when you go to BuiltBar.com to check them out. I love Built Bars, Cherry Barcia, Peanut Butter, the uh, Peanut Butter Brownie's delicious. I'm a big fan of the orange chocolate flavor. No matter what flavor you guys might like, both nut and non-nut flavors, they've got them for you. So go to BuiltBar.com to learn more about Built Bars. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. I mean it when I say it. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market, guys. So be like Amber, be like me, give them a shot. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and save 20% off your next order of Built Bars. All right, folks, do you want BYU to play Cincinnati? That is the question that it looks like we may have to answer and BYU may have to answer. The American Athletic Conference has reworked the remainder of their schedule due to COVID-19 issues with multiple programs. There have been games that have been postponed. They've been trying to figure that out. They juggled a number of things, and all of a sudden, Cincinnati, who is ranked one spot in front of BYU at number seven currently, now has an opening on the week of December 5th. The Saturday the 5th, obviously, is one of the weekends that BYU over the next two weekends has a bye currently. BYU, Cincinnati, Cougars, Bearcats squaring off for college football playoff consideration at bare minimum New Year's 6th consideration an eliminator match in a way. What are your guys' thoughts on this? We'll get to those here in a moment. I asked for them on social media. We'll get to some of those in just a moment. But first things first, On its head, I want to see this game take place. I think BYU and Cincinnati would actually have a ton riding on it. I do wonder if the American Athletic Conference would allow Cincinnati to travel to Provo or if they would insist that BYU go to Nippert Stadium out there in Cincinnati to play this game. Regardless, though, I want to see the game played. I'd rather see this game played than Utah or a Pac-12 team. The Pac-12, for all the stuff they have put in place, to well, we're willing to play non-conference games, but only if you abide by A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and just the laundry list of guidelines they threw out there yesterday. Tell them to go get the stuffed and go play an actual bonafide top 10 ranked team. I'd rather see this game if BYU is going to play another game. And I get there are people out there who are saying, whoa, Jake, no, 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 no. We can't give up the opportunity to go to the New Year's Six. And I get that. But I want to see this team. I'm a believer in BYU. I think the Cougars can hang with Cincinnati. I know that the Bearcats' defense is nasty. I know they're lights out. They've done a great job under Luke Fickle 
building a juggernaut defensively, but I'm not 100% convinced that Cincinnati's offense can keep up with BYU's offense. I think the Cougars' defense could get after Desmond Ritter and the Cincinnati Bearcats' offense. That may be just wishful thinking on my part and my myopic view of just looking at BYU on its own, but I do think that there is value for the Cougars to play this game. Will it ultimately come to fruition? Only Tom Homo and whoever else makes decisions at BYU really knows. If they're going to play this game, though, I'd like to see it announced at the very latest by midweek next week. So we're talking maybe Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving. That's when the announcement, I think the latest could come and have BYU feel like they're adequately preparing for that matchup. The best part would be if they were to announce it like Sunday and then BYU has a bye weekend this coming weekend after the North Alabama game. They can enjoy Thanksgiving and then they get after it for a big time show down against Cincinnati obviously you want this game on home turf if at all possible um, if BYU is going to play at Nippert uh, hey you maybe you have to probably debate that but I want to see the game played I think it would be awesome I believe in this BYU team I think they can hang with anybody in the country if your name's probably not Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and even then you probably want to see what BYU can do with a guy like Zach Wilson leading the charge I think BYU wants to play. As they've said all year long, to quote uh, Preston Hadley, the safeties coach, we want the smoke. That's his, been his quote all year long on social media. They want this game. I think every competitor out there wants to compare themselves and compete against the best. This is an opportunity to do it. I think college game day would immediately be an opportunity for BYU and Cincinnati, regardless of where the game is being played. Maybe you get them to play a neutral site game. Can you call somebody up in Texas where it seems like they're allowing more fans to attend games and say, hey, can we get a neutral site put together in the state of Texas? Hell, call Jerry World, call the AT&T Stadium, call Jerry Jones and say, hey, Jerry, you got an opening on the 5th uh, that we can play there at AT&T Stadium or maybe at the Star down there in Dallas? Make the game happen. That's my personal gut feeling. I think it would be a fantastic matchup. It's an eliminator match, and I get that. You lose this game, you're likely on the outside looking in in terms of... Uh, your chances to play in the New Year's Six. But I think whoever wins that game all of a sudden becomes more of a bona fide college football playoff dark horse. As I've said, I don't see the the power five powers that be wanting anybody outside of their own ilk. So speaking of what the 60, the 65 teams with Notre Dame that are power five, they don't want anybody outside that group to have an opportunity to play in the college football playoff. What I would love nothing more than to see BYU kick in the door and say, you can't deny us now, even though they might still do that. I, I think you just have to do whatever you can do to make as compelling a case as you possibly can and see where the chips fall. All right, your guys' turn to sound off on this. Uh, Claymore, Claymore Hardman says, let's see if they take care of business against UCF first. That's actually a very big, good point. UCF's got a fantastic high-flying offense. Their defense, on the other hand, is atrocious, speaking of the Knights. So tomorrow's game could be a shootout. If Cincinnati loses that game, will BYU automatically probably move up and then at that point maybe if you're tom homo you say yeah thanks but no thanks we're good and i think if yeah if you if you if you see speaking of cincinnati loses to ucf yeah you probably pass on this game and ucf probably passes on it as well at dodger jazz coog says no need 
there's that argument. BYU already is being talked about as pretty much a lock for the New Year's Six by many of the national talking heads. Next week will be the first uh, round of the college football playoff rankings, really the only rankings that really matter. We'll find out where the Cougars land in the first one of those. So I see why you'd say no need. You just want to say BYU, get the New Year's Six and move on with it. Uh, at Zaximum Power, our good friend uh, Nelson Lloyd one on Twitter, he says, as a football fan, I would love to see this, but as someone who at least wants to see one of these teams in the playoff, this would get neither of them in. The committee will absolutely disregard the winner. As a BYU fan, it feels like an unnecessary risk. There's absolutely that argument to be made that, yeah, even if you do win this game, all of a sudden the playoff committee is like, yeah, great for you guys, but we're going to go with Notre Dame or somebody over here. I still think that might happen regardless if you play this game. And then one final note here from B. McGarry at McGarry15 saying, I'd rather play Cincinnati than the Pac-12. This could be a big game on ESPN and really help the schedule. Do it. So I think the responses I've got here, I haven't had it up very long before I recorded, but your guys' responses, I think, nail pretty much the vast majority of what BYU fans think of this matchup. Like I said, I'm a fan of it. We'll, only time will tell if it ultimately is going to come to fruition. Claymore, I think you have a very good point, though. We'll see how things go against UCF tomorrow, and that could be a big determining factor if this game comes together, if at all. So, plenty to talk about. Send in your reactions. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked on Cougars. Love hearing your feedback on topics such as this. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to switch gears, talk some NFL football. Taysom Hill set for his first start in the black and gold of the New Orleans Saints at quarterback. We'll talk about that, what it could mean for a young man like that. We'll get into all of that here in just a moment. But it is Friday here on the podcast, and that means it's time to bring in our good friend, Seth Baird from All Guard Pest Control. Seth, how are you, sir? Good to hear from you. Well, thank you, sir. How are you doing? Doing all right. Uh, so two questions today, obviously, and we'll pick a winner for free treatment from you guys over at All Guard Pest Control. We'll start off with an easy one here. How about that? That sounds good to me. All right. First one comes in from Evan, and his question is, what is the best type of trap to use for mice? Um, well, so with the trap, probably this is traditional snap trap, if it's one or two. Okay. Um, of mice, uh, but mice are a whole lot smarter than you give them credit for. So you, if there's like one mouse in there, or if just like a few mice in there, you'll be able to catch them fairly easy with those um, at the beginning. But mice will catch on fairly quick and start avoiding those 100%. Um, we deal with that all the time. People caught a few mice with them, thought they were gone, but because they never caught any again. But then they realize their whole food storage or the pantry is getting eaten up. So for just one or two, there's traditional traps work awesome um, by itself. Um, with that, so it, it's it's kind of hit and miss. So if if you can get it quick, a snap trap is probably the best. But if not, then we have to do a little bit more work with it. Awesome. Well, I'm sure you guys can help out with that. And then our other question comes in from Jordan this week. And Jordan asked the question, uh, I've been, so he planted both zucchini and pumpkins in his garden this year. And he had squash bugs come in. He said they completely ruined both my zucchini and pumpkins. How do I get rid of them as well as, so squash bugs and also aphids, can there be anything be done? Um, yeah, so there are two different bugs, so two different kind of treatments. Um, with 
the stuff being in the garden itself. Um, the best product there is, is, uh, it's called diatomaceous earth. It's not a spray. It's not a chemical. It's no, nothing like that. It's actually a fine silica powder. So anything with exoskeletons that come across with it, um, they'll scratch up the exoskeletons and they'll dehydrate and die. Safe stuff to use around the gardens. I have gardens. Um, at the same time, I don't treat my own gardens, um, with, with a lot of this, uh, product at the same time, but diatomaceous earth is something I do use on my personal garden. So it's really awesome. Aphids, um, that's a little bit different. They, um, it really depends on the plant and where you're seeing them. Sometimes you'll see them on rose bushes, trees, um, stuff like that. They live underneath on the bottom side of the leaves themselves. So what we do with aphids, we actually have to treat and we have to treat underneath the leaves um, to make sure they don't, um, if you just treat the top, this kind of spray stuff down, that's not gonna work. So you actually have to get physically underneath it and spray it from the bottom up to make sure you get where the, where the aphids at because aphids still kind of will milk the tree um, second with all its sap and will make the, the plants really sick at the same time. Well, awesome. I, I'm sure that's some good information that Jordan can use. While you were talking, I did run our number generator for our entries for the, our winner this week, and actually Jordan came out on top. So Jordan will be getting in touch with you to get you the, the information over to All Guard Pest Control. Seth and his team will take care of you. Seth, where can people find All Guard Pest Control? Uh, our phone number is 801-851-1812. You'll so could uh, look us up on the internet, uh, just allguardpestcontrols.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at just allguardpestcontrol. Do great work. I have my wholehearted endorsement for All Guard Pest Control folks. Check it out. Seth, thanks again for taking the time. Look forward to speaking with you again soon, okay? Okay, that sounds good. You take care, my friend. Big thanks to our good friend Seth Baird and All Guard Pest Control. Once again, you can contact them anytime you need pest control services. 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or go online at allguardpestcontrols.com. As we round out this Friday edition of the show, some news came yesterday that the rib injuries, the fractured ribs, as well as the collapsed lung for Drew Brees have yielded a new starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, and it is Taysom Hill. The former BYU star quarterback had four season-ending injuries as a Cougar, will make his first start as an NFL quarterback, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Taysom does in this contest, folks. I think that he has an opportunity here to either put up or shut up. There are haters and lovers of him across the NFL. As Mina Kimes said, the Taysom Hill start on Sunday is Twitter's own version of the Super Bowl. Taysom Hill is unlike many athletes in the NFL because every time he takes a snap, there are people tweeting about it, reacting to it, just absolutely going over the top or trying just to hate on him either way. And it's just crazy uh, to see how it all goes every weekend. But looking forward to it. And Keith Wilson reached out to me at the real Keith on Twitter and asked the question, said, what do you expect if he stays healthy? Well, that's the first thing. Is he going to stay healthy? 
So far during his time in the NFL, albeit with limited snaps as compared to what he did at BYU, Keith, Taysom has been healthy in the NFL. I haven't really heard of any major injuries for him. He's become a do-everything player for the Saints. And I'm not going to lie, I trust guys like a Sean Payton when it comes to quarterback evaluations. He has turned Drew Brees into one of the all-time greats at quarterback, won a Super Bowl with him. They have aspirations of winning more, obviously. But if this guy believes in Taysom Hill as a quarterback... Who am I to say that Taysom can't succeed? Only time will tell. Only seeing him on the field do it will be able to really reveal who Taysom Hill is as an NFL player. If it doesn't go well in his first start, there are going to be people who are going to be detractors who are going to say, see, we told you. The thing is, though, how many starting quarterbacks in the NFL were stellar in their first career start? Not very many of them. So, Let's take it game by game here. Drew Brees is going to be out for a little bit, folks, at least a few weeks, it sounds like, because to have a collapsed lung and rib fractures on both sides of your ribs, it's going to take some time to get back from that. That's super painful. And by the way, props to Drew Brees. He played for at least one of the games with rib fractures on one side and suffered the second set and just brutal. The NFL is brutal on guys' bodies, if you haven't realized that at this point. But I don't know exactly what to expect from Taysom. I would expect a rushing touchdown probably maybe a passing touchdown and I do expect maybe an interception or two I don't think it's going to be a super great start I don't think it's going to be an awful start I think it'll be kind of a middle of the road mixed bag type of things Keith and your other question you sent in Keith was a follow-up to this saying is Taysom Hill the first return missionary to start a game in the NFL and the answer is no John Beck was the first return missionary to start a game in the NFL when he started for the Washington Redskins or was it the Dolphins which one in order I think he was drafted by the Dolphins but Regardless, he was the first return missionary to start a game. I believe Taysom will be the second to have done so. But there's not very many BYU quarterbacks who have started games in the NFL, especially in the recent past. The most recent is Max Hall, I believe, with the Arizona Cardinals for a spell there before he got lost to a season-ending injury that ultimately was the end of his NFL career. And it's cool to see Taysom Hill getting this chance, folks. Like I said, he had four season-ending injuries in college. How many quarterbacks come back from that and end up starting in the NFL for one of the glamour franchises. Not very many. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Taysom does. Obviously, we'll react to it on Monday's edition of the podcast. And here's hoping that Taysom has the game that he expects to have. But I would temper expectations. I think it's going to be a mixed bag of what you'll see from Taysom. But I'd be happy to be wrong. If he goes out there and puts up a 400-yard, four-touchdown performance, well, guess what? You're looking at the next hotshot quarterback in the NFL. Who knows what will happen, but I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching it Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Yeah, looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys will be tuned in as well. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. A big thank you once again for your guys' support. As I said, hashtag give thanks. We've been directed by President Nelson to give thanks for the next seven days. We're going to have some fun in the lead up to Thanksgiving next week on the podcast as well. We'll do a reaction podcast to whatever we learned on tomorrow's game after the game. So look for that tomorrow evening after the Cougars uh, pummel the Lions from North Alabama. And we'll have a lot of fun going into next week as well. Once again, a big thank you for supporting the show. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 20th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys soon.